Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, offering a broad range of cardiac and vascular treatments in our community. More information is available at upmc.com slash centralpaheart. Welcome to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. This is from the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania website. County governments are responsible for a wide variety of critical services, including provision of human services like mental health, intellectual disabilities, juvenile justice, children and youth, long-term care, drug and alcohol services, and housing to people in need in our communities. In addition, counties are responsible for emergency management and 911 services, administration of the courts and correction system, elections, maintenance of county bridges, and the county property assessment roles, and also are involved in environmental and land use planning, protection of open space and community, and economic development. Now, it makes you wonder whether most Pennsylvanians know all that counties are responsible for. But counties often have to rely on the state for funding and other resources as well as to conform to mandates from the state. At the beginning of every year, the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania goes to the legislature with a set of priorities. We talk about what counties are looking for or feel they need in 2023 with Lisa Schaefer, Executive Director, and Venango County Commissioner Chip Abramovic, who is the president of the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania. I want to welcome both of you to the program today. Lisa Schaefer, let me start with you, kind of a broad question. You list your priorities every year for the legislature. Does it make a difference? It really does for our association, and then thanks for having us on to discuss these priorities, because what it does is it pulls our membership together to really work through those issues that are top of mind, that are most pressing for counties and our residents, and we work together to bring our members to vote on and decide those priorities so that we can really concentrate our voice behind those issues to go to the state and the federal governments and, and talk about how we can work together and partner to make our residents' lives and our communities better places. Have you gotten results in the past? Absolutely. I mean, like with anything in government, it is it is a long process. So we continue to you probably notice that we've had some of these priorities for, for many years, but we continue to build relationships and, and find partners to make the to make, have those conversations and make those priorities come come to fruition. I just list uh, listed the, the responsibilities of counties or the services and everything that uh, counties do. I probably have asked you this question in the in the past, uh, Lisa. But uh, uh, do your let me put it this way: I was about to say your constituents, but uh, uh, Pennsylvanians Pennsylvanians overall, do you think that they understand or realize everything that counties do? You know, we're having this conversation a lot these days in, in that, you know, all the things you listed early on at the start of this show, you know, counties are really the local providers of services for almost everything except for things like education and potholes. You know, everything else, every other local service that you come in contact with, 
uh, unless you have to go to the county courthouse, you know, to get to get a marriage license or you're going to the court system or some other service directly, it's likely you don't realize how much is happening at the county level. And that's, you know, but that that's what counties are there for, to make sure that that you can have, you know, a, a great community and, and get those services that you need, that they're there when you need them, even if you, you aren't aware of them right then. Commissioner Obramovic, have you ever been called by a constituent to fill a pothole? Yes. I knew you and would. Tr- <laughs> and whether trash isn't picked up or anything yeah. else. So yesterday, actually, um, National Association of Counties had their legislative days and the president spoke to us. And the only reason I'm bringing this up because he kind of started with a quote that I, I kind of stuck with. And he said it the best that what counties do, counties are the ones that get things done. Mm-hmm. We're the executive branch of government, basically, but we have some legislative side. But we are the ones that get stuff done in your communities. All right. So these six priorities that have been listed, topping the list was to fund and reauthorize the 911 system. Uh, Commissioner, what do you need that money for? And explain why 911 needs reauthorized. So I think the last time was in 1516 was the last reauthorization. There's been a flat funding level in our 911. So we run the 911 centers, the dispatchers, the communications part for our first responders, and everyone in your county. So on your cell phone bills or on your landline bills, there's that fee, the 911 fee. That has not been increased in years. But also with the way they do the funding across the state, there's disparities and formulas that are used that aren't fully accurate to say. But also, as our 911 expenses have gone up with pay raises, with equipment, with um, other things, that funding has stayed flat. So one of the basic things that I always say that every county resident has the opportunity to use and they always need it in a life crisis, this is an opportunity for them as a county resident to use it, but the flatline funding's there. And the hard thing is the costs keep going up and going up. And there's some counties that are using a lot of the local taxpayer general fund that offset this, but people pay on their bills for this service. So we just need to get that balance of the right funding formula and the right amount that can help us provide the best services we can to our residents in the Commonwealth and in our our home counties. Do some counties uh, need more done with their 911 systems than others? I mean, I would imagine population has a lot to do with it, but uh, are there some counties more in need of this than others? Yes. Um, the way the formula was done in the past, and Lisa can correct me on anything here if it's an opportunity that I'm wrong, but some counties in the way the funding formula was have a, have a larger, larger increase in what they're receiving than other counties. And I don't know my formula fully, but we might be on the lower side of what we're getting compared to our neighboring county, but we're the same and similar in how the formula was created over time has just kind of left some back. But also, if you think about it in the overall scheme as a whole, is inflation happens, is cost rise. Our formula stream has not gone up at all in percentage, anything at all over the time. So we're doing more with less. And it's an opportunity for us to probably better off and better our facilities with a little bit more. What happens if there isn't more money? We'll have to go back to the local tax pace to try filling our gaps even more. And as time comes, that percentage will grow larger and larger. Reauthorization. Is this something that is sunsetted? Sunsets January of 2024, correct? January 31st? 
Okay. So just to explain for those who may not be familiar with that, that means that uh, it's under a certain time limit on legislation, so it has to be reauthorized. Um, So what happens if there isn't more funding and reauthorization? I mean, worst case scenario, there's not going to be a 911 system in any county that's going to go away, is it? Well, there's... Sorry to jump in, Lisa, but there's conversation, there's possible opportunities. Um, a lot of staffing in County 911s, and I can't speak for a lot of urban, but I know rural, we're struggling to get 911 people. And we have to attract them with um, an opportunity. And this money helps offset wages. And if we don't have 911 staff and we're a critical need, our services won't be here in our county. It would be moved to another county to potentially dispatch our county. And as that goes and grows, there's a there's an opportunity that there might not be the person you think picking up the other end of the phone where it might be someone else at a call center picking up a phone. Lisa, do you want to elaborate a little bit more too? Well, so I think to the question, you know, 911 is certainly a service that's not going to go away. Our counties are going to keep doing doing that that job, but that wall is is what provides for the backbone. It provides for the authority that we have to do that, provides for that funding stream. Um, so certainly we intend to work very closely with the legislature and the administration over the next year to make sure that all those pieces fall into place and that and that law continues to make sure that critical service is properly supported. All right. So, Lisa, let me ask you this. And Commissioner uh, Abramovic, you can join in or jump in, too, if you want. You just suggested, Commissioner, that... Uh, if you can't hire the necessary workers, that it may have to go to a neighboring county. To a taxpayer or a person dialing 911, does it make a difference? I mean, the, if you're in, you someone in your county, Commissioner, uh, has a, a, an emergency, they dial 911, does it make a difference if someone's in Venango County or McKean County? I guess, sorry to jump in, I always use this comparison. How many Franklin Streets are there in the Commonwealth? And how many um, Joe Smith's um, barn, I'm down the road from that, how many of those are in the Commonwealth? I mean, that local flavor and that local um, 911 dispatcher that knows our communities makes that, when you have someone traveling and it can tell you a landmark, that really makes 911 hit home where it needs to be. Go ahead, Lisa, what were you going to say? That answers that. And I think that really showcases the good work we've been able to do with the fee increase that happened in 2015, the last time that that, that happened, because technology is is improving all the time. The ways that people communicate with 911 are changing all the time. But what we've been able to do with that funding is really look statewide and say, where can we build in those redundancies? Where can we build in the backups? So if there's a natural disaster, a power outage, and one 911 center goes out, we can easily ship those people and those services to another county. So there is no break in service, and the resident or someone, a visitor who's coming through, won't know the difference. So that's a lot of the good work we've been able to do with the investments that we've had over time. But that technology, those people, all of that continues to grow as, as life and our world continues to change. Our guest today, Lisa Schaefer, Executive Director of the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania, and Venango County Commissioner Chip Abramovic, who is president of the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania. We're talking about the priorities for 2023 for counties across Pennsylvania. Now, these six priorities, Lisa, I'm curious whether they're in any kind of order of importance or am I just the way they were listed. Does it matter? 
So really, they really just represent the six that rose to okay. the top when our when our members, when the counties voted on them. All right. Because some of these I recognize from years past, and one in particular that, that stands out, and that has to do with mental health issues, uh, and not just with the constituents, the people living in those counties, but mental health issues with uh, people who are incarcerated in uh, county jails, county lockups as well. Let's face it, the COVID-19 pandemic probably made this problem a little little worse than what it was even before. But Lisa Schaefer, tell me about uh, what counties are looking for when it comes to mental health services for the general public and also for uh, those who are incarcerated in county jails. Sure. So counties are really that provider, that coordinator of mental health services at the local level. So everything from direct provision to the, those other services that help support individuals who need mental health. So that's in our schools, that's in our communities and, and uh, other uh, supports like that. Um, unfortunately, you know, that's a service that we provide on behalf of the state, but state funding has really been very stagnant for the better part of a, a decade, if not more. But I think we're all very aware of how much um, mental health issues have increased um, over that time period. And as you noted, sort of particularly during the COVID pandemic, we really saw that that spike. Um, so the, the, the cases that we're seeing are, are going up, they're becoming more complex, but we're having to rely on the same level of, of funding support from the state. So what we'd really like to do is work with the General Assembly and the administration to make sure that that state funding is providing appropriate support for our residents so that we can make sure that there's funding to keep our providers in place so that our residents don't have to experience long waits to get services or to travel um, to other counties or other towns uh, where it might not be as convenient for them to get the services that they need. So uh, that funding is really critical, but also what that does when you fund those community services, it has a ripple effect on other areas too. It has a ripple effect on our hospitals that are currently serving sort of the de facto um, when people go to the emergency room for care because they don't know where else to go. It can help support our criminal justice system by, you know, we, we are seeing increases in inmates with, with mental illness. But if we can have the community programs in place um, to help them deal with that, that issue that might have caused the criminal behavior um, and support them so that it doesn't recur, uh, it's really a better place for them if they can be in the community than trying to get treatment in the, in the jail setting. So really supporting the, the county mental health base funding at the state level could have such a great benefit in so many areas of our lives. So I just want to reiterate and you know, point out that you just said that funding for mental health services has been stagnant for that long when we've just gone through a pandemic. Every day, it seems as though we hear about another study where, I mean, just earlier this week, CDC came out with a report about teenage girls that uh, there's been an increase in the number who have experienced sexual violence and a, a big spike in the number who say they are depressed or, or even considering suicide. 10 years or longer for for uh, the funding to be stale? Yeah, and to, to be fair, the, the last year, the, there was some federal funding that was dedicated towards school mental health, uh, and there's some funding that has been dedicated for um, mental health services generally, but we're still waiting for the legislation to actually allocate that funding out into the counties. 
unfortunately, that's still just one, it's part of the federal uh, rescue dollars that came through COVID. So it's still one-time funding. Um, so while it will be helpful to sort of bridge us over, what we really need is that long-term sustainable funding that we can use to build county <laughs> programs and make sure they can continue and, and serve the communities in the long term. And by the way, this is mandated by the state, right? Correct. Okay. So Commissioner Bramovic, have you seen a spike in the need for mental health services in your county? Well, our jail population when I first got in office um, eight years ago was probably 30 to 40 percent mental health needs. Now we've hit 80 to 90 percent, probably have an MH component or some mental health component with their um, incarceration. Uh, the other side of it, too, is our juvenile behavioral issues are going up as well, which is another one of our priorities, which youth in our communities and the other one is look at homelessness and the spike in homelessness. A lot of that's mental health needs. So I also kind of compare as we're talking about 988, which is a suicide prevention task line to call like 911, but it's 988 is an individual calls. And this is where I give a good comparison. If, if we're going to have that, if you call 988, we might not have the full services in our kind to help that person with on suicide risk or suicide help. Um, the bed delays we have in my county for Torrance and Norristown, the two forensic facilities are back up to a year, I believe, to get an individual with large behavioral health needs into that facility. I know our local hospital, um, our ER beds are probably 70 to 80 percent behavioral health needs. So if you're having a massive heart attack, it, there might be a behavioral or a mental health issue in one of those rooms. Uh, it's it's a concern, and as it's getting more, more open, and people are starting to see the mental health needs more, there's no there's supports, and we have mental health dollars, but that increase is very, very beneficial to us in the counties that are dealing with it firsthand. Kind of like I, when I say we're the boots on the ground in the counties that are dealing with these issues locally, whether it's homelessness, incarceration rates, juvenile juvenile detention centers, and where do we put kids or where do we put people with mental health needs? It is hard to get the systems there when we don't have any base dollars or funding dollar increases from the state to keep adding programs. But where do, what do we do? Do you understand what I, what I mean on that? Yeah. It's it's hard. Uh, Venango County is a rural county. Uh, most Pennsylvanians probably wouldn't picture Venango County as having a homeless problem. Do you? Um, it's here. It's hard to see because we have such a beautiful landscape with our rivers and streams and bike trails. But that's why you don't see it, because they're camping along in the woods. They're under a bridge in the middle of somewhere where you don't see. So it's not urban where it's very prevalent and you can see them and they're asking for money. It's more of a hidden homelessness problem where we truly have it. And then we have the ones in the winter that'll commit a crime, they go to jail for the winter, but it, it, it definitely is here. Um, right now, one of our biggest issues is housing and try to, where to find people with um, no living situation. It's, it's around. I ask that question because uh, you're one of 67 counties, and uh, if a rural county like Venango County, uh, there are a lot of homeless people, let's face it, it's happening in all the other 66 uh, counties as well. Lisa Schaefer, I want to talk about another uh, priority, promoting election integrity. Now, the word promoting there, what, what does that mean? 
So, you know, over the last several years, as we've seen some of the, you know, we've introduced mail-in balloting to, to Pennsylvania for, for all voters. We've seen a lot of questions about the voting system to make sure that it's safe, secure, and accurate, which our counties do a remarkable job following the law and making sure that every vote cast by an eligible voter uh, is properly counted. Um, so what we want to do is seek some changes in the statutes that might address some of the some of the things that, you know, we, when we went to mail-in balloting, some of the things we didn't think about, some of the things that need some clarification to make sure that we can help the voters understand and, and continue to feel uh, confident in the status of, of their election system. So when we talk about election integrity, we know the system has that integrity, but we want to continue to make the fixes and then and cause and continue the clarity that will help to, to foster that in our voters' minds. One of the things that uh, counties have been clamoring for is the ability to uh, pre-canvas, to count those mail-in ballots before Election Day. It's at a standstill in Harrisburg. There's a lot of politics going around it. I only have a minute left. You see any progress in that area? I mean, you can get... You can get people from both parties, legislators from both parties, to agree it's needed, but nothing gets done because of some politics and who wants what. Do you see any uh, any progress there, Lisa? Well, I think there's always room for progress. You know, we have a new new legislative session, we have a new administration, and we're we're ready to, to roll up our sleeves and be at the table to to make sure that we can develop good legislation. Um, that will help our counties administer elections and, and assure, again, that integrity that, that every vote by every eligible voter counts and, and we have accurate voting results. That's an optimistic point of view. In 30 seconds or left, I'll ask the question again. Have you seen progress? Are you expecting any progress? I think that we've heard, as you said, a number of legislators have, have, have indicated interest. I know we've heard uh, interest from the new administration, so I, I think there's certainly room for opportunity there. Lisa Schaefer is the executive director of the County Commissioner Association of Pennsylvania. Venango County Commissioner Chip Abramovic is president of the County Commissioners Association. I want to thank both of you for being with us today. Thank, thank you. you. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR, discovering all things local. I'm Scott Lamar.